Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Indeed, indeed, indeed. President's Day. Hope you're having a good one. Jim Rodriguez here with Mark Drumheller. It's BetQL Daily, presented by the good folks at BetMGM. You can listen to us on the Odyssey app, watch the show on Twitch, uh, YouTube as well, and of course you can follow us on X at BetQL Daily all week long. We're back at it, total sides, props, and assorted shenanigans. And of course, uh, Joe and Aaron, they are off this week. Well-deserved rest, so we are back for some more uh, tomfoolery with my buddy, of course, Mark Drumheller. How you feeling, my friend? I'm doing good, Jim. Excited to be on with you. You know, today and tomorrow, it's going to be a lot of fun. Great weekend. Listen, it's funny, Jim, and I wonder what your perspective is. I feel like I just got out of a relationship with the NFL, and now I got all these options, right? I'm going out. I got the NHL looking at me. NBA's buying me drinks. You know, NASCAR. We got everything going on. Golf, the Genesis was crazy, and I feel like I'm getting pulled in all these different directions. And then we got March Madness around the corner. I'm wondering if I'm going to have to settle back down soon. Yeah, you know, I've always wondered, like, you know, when you've been in that relationship and now you're single and now you're going on, you're tasting a little NHL and hanging out with the NBA and, oh, I'm going to go have a weekend with the – sometimes, though, maybe the NFL is really what we needed at the end of the day because (laughs) because the NBA, and let's start there, was the classic example of – that new girl at the office or that new girl and, and you know, that, that you meet at school and you, and you, and she's gorgeous and there's all this hype. And then you go out on a date and you realize not much there, right? It, it, it was a snooze fest, 200 (laughs) points for the East Dame made history. Doc rivers didn't blow a game as a head coach. And yet we're still griping. Is it just too many old guys yelling at clouds, Mark? 
I think a little bit. I think a lot of it comes down to expectation. And I think the NBA brought them this on themselves. Like, you know, Adam Silver trying to fix the All-Star game, make it more competitive. And and when you go out with public statements like that, that you're going to change expectations. But there was no way I thought that this was going to be any different than any other game. Um, you know, I played over, you know, on the total, um, you know, betting-wise – Four and three, made a little bit of scratch, but, you know, we kept the shop open. That's really all you can ask for, you know, and when you're betting into an all-star game where a lot of it's just narrative. But I, I just don't know if – to me, it's a matter of expectation. I'm not sure there's a fix. Do you really want these guys playing competitive? I think everybody does until Giannis goes down with an injury or until, you know, uh, what if SGA went down with an injury, right? All these years, Oklahoma City had to wait to build this team, and then something like that would happen. So I, I think it's just a matter of expectation. Do we need to fix the game, or should we just accept it for what it is? It's going to be a bunch of guys, you know, pulling up, taking some jumpers, some logo shots, and calling it a night. Yeah, Dame Lillard, of course, the MVP, first guy ever to win the three-point contest and the MVP of the All-Star game in the same weekend. And I guess I didn't have as much of an issue with the All-Star game because you're right, Mark. It is what it is. I did bet. Uh, I did bet the West only because I was betting against Doc more than anything else. I know, <laughs> I got a bit of a hater there, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, but I guess the issue that I had was the 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 Saturday is, is so much better than Sunday now. And, and I don't know how to fix Sunday, mm -hmm. but Saturday and I'm in South Florida and I'm certainly not a heat honk or anything like that, but the judging at the slam dunk competition was dicey, dicey <laughs> to say the least. I mean, I, 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 I took for, for, for reference, I took Jaime Hawkins jr. To win the dunk contest. I don't have a problem that Mac McClung repeated. I don't have a problem with it, but the, the, the judging seemed a little off. And if you're going to have people bet on this thing, and maybe I'm the schmuck for betting on, on the slam dunk competitions. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I just felt, I felt a little dirty after watching that all-star game after that slam dunk competition. Yeah, whenever you have judging, there's a human element. Like, I'm a big UFC guy, so I'm used to kind of getting some crazy scorecards with the judges, right? That's nothing new to me, and there's nothing worse than, you know, when you're betting into a big favorite and the judging doesn't go your way. But, no, I understand that completely, but maybe they make it more interactive. You know, maybe they make, you know, let the fans judge it. You know, they, they could – there's a lot of different options, especially with technology, but um, they have to find ways to make it more creative and make it more fun and because – you're not going to get the uh, the players to participate, you know, in this if it isn't, you know, appealing to them. So how do we make it appealing for the players so we get some of the stars in there that we want to see? We know Jalen Brown was in it this year, but obviously we'd want more star power in there. Um, you know, it, just more more good players in there. And and I think if they can find ways to do that, you know, make it maybe make the let the fans judge it. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I agree with you. It was a little dicey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 you're in the UFC world. I'm in the boxing world. So yes, we, we there was some Adelaide Bird going on there. Judges it, aren't it, perfect. It, it, <laughs> it, it was, it was a little rough there, and and of course, obviously the the other the other big thing, obviously that came out of this is Steph versus Sabrina, and then obviously I'm sure uh, Kenny the Jit Smith is in some sort of uh, you know. Uh, 
management training HR session after his comments this week. So we'll, we'll leave Kenny uh, to, to the HR department for, for a couple of weeks. All right. So from the, from the pro game to the college game and sure enough, Mark, sure enough, the NCAA puts out their top 16 top four in each region Purdue's the number one overall seed and they go out and they poop the bed at Ohio state. A little early for Purdue to be to be to be doing this to us, no? I know what a weekend. Like just when you look at it from the perspective of what UConn did to Marquette and what happened to Purdue against Ohio State, it's crazy. But it's the same thing with Purdue, right? Like the guard play wasn't there, and this year the guards have been better. So I think that led a lot of people um, to a lot of hope. But I think we saw if they're not going to get solid guard play. Like, what can happen, right? That there's a, a very low, low floor with this team. And that's why we get so concerned when it comes to March, right? Because a team with a low floor is going to run through adversity in March. You can't get out of March without adversity. And it, it didn't look good. Shot 33% from three. You know, Lawyer, one for seven from three. Uh, Jones, I think, was like three for 11. So um, they didn't shoot the... Uh, you know, they, they didn't shoot well from outside, and they, they couldn't get it done. But it's very, very disappointing. Me and PJ were on last week, and we were just like, we cannot get there. Like, Purdue has to show me proof of concept in March before I invest my money on them. Yeah, per- Purdue tournament uh, disorder. I think PTSD is what we got. <laughs> Purdue tournament stress disorder. No doubt about it. That you know, new head coach at Ohio State. Talk about making a splash, uh, beating the beating a, a top ten team. But then UConn showing that why they why they make the claim as being the number one overall uh, defending champs made a stain on the wall that was Marquette. So UConn five to one now at BetMGM to win the whole thing. Purdue is now uh, second at plus 650. Uh, is there anybody better than UConn, Mark? I don't think there is. I, 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 don't, I don't think there is. I don't think anyone's going to beat this team. I, I'm convinced now that this is just a part of the season, like we saw last year, where UConn just obliterates everything in their way all the way through March, and we sit there in March like, are they really going to do it again? And if you ask me today, I think they're really going to do it again. I think, you know, 5-1 to one is a decent value here to, to take wow. them to win the tournament again. They just look like there's such a gap between them and everybody else, especially, like, as long as Klingon is healthy, you can't make layups against this defense. The teams are shooting, like, 30% on layups against this team. So how are they going to be how, – how is anyone going to beat them? I think it's interesting. Like, I was looking today, like, you can get – like, if you shop around different prices, you know, you can get, like, UConn to win the tournament. You parlay it with KC to win the Super Bowl, right? Patrick Mahomes wins with an awful roster this year. So, you know, they're only going to be better. I know they might lose Snead, but uh, you can get that for, like, in the 44-1 to range. You know, if you want to add in Boston to win the East, right? It goes up to like 95 to one. So um, when there's a team this dominant, there's a lot of different ways to attack it. But I do think that this is it. Like everyone else is playing. Like if you're betting futures, I think you should be betting UConn or you should be betting conference futures because I do think that they're the best team by a pretty wide margin. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Blue Bloods. And it was great to see the one score that jumped out at me this weekend was Kentucky going to Auburn and just slamming the brakes on Auburn's offense. I mean, I mean, that game was in the one eighties 
the, the total in that game was supposed to be in the 180s. And Auburn scores 59 points at home against Kentucky. Have we sort of grossly exaggerated the Wildcats' demise? They're 25 to 1 at a bet MGM to win the whole thing. I know it's a long shot, but I think Kentucky couldn't be making a problem for some people. Yeah, I got my eye on them because I really like, you know, defensively what they're doing, right? It's a lot of, you know, the effort. They've cranked it up, the intensity, higher motor, right? They're getting after the ball, forcing turnovers. And then Onyenso underneath is, is just – you can't get inside on him. So the way he's playing, um, I think, is really making a difference. And that's it. They went bigger, and they kind of, you know, shifted their identity a little bit, and it's making them more physical. And we saw it against Auburn. I was shocked. I mean, I was on Auburn overs. I was on game total over, even though it was up at 180. Uh, got that game completely wrong. We gave a little back. You know, we don't just take money. Sometimes we give it back. And that was one that I got wrong. I got completely wrong. I'll admit it. Uh, Kentucky showed up. The key is, though, when you when you have a team like Kentucky who – you have, if you have to ask yourself multiple times during the season, like, is this where the light switch comes on? Is this team really back? That's a signal that consistency is a problem, right? And the mm-hmm. hardest area to be consistent is on defense because, again, it's intensity, it's motor, it's effort. That's a lot that goes into it. Sure, the scheme, athletic ability, all that plays into it. But are they going to consistently be able to, to crank it up like this? Now that their back's against the wall, we're seeing it. But in March, you know, different vibes right so we'll have to see how that plays out i have my eye on them i'm not ready to buy in yet you gotta show me you gotta do it a couple more times but uh kentucky definitely an interesting team yeah yeah it's it's, it's an interesting situation and that's what i love about college hoops in the sense that it's not like the nf it's not like college football where if a team you know if if, if kentucky were in in the football realm you know, we would have, that's it. There's no shot of them winning a national championship. There's no way they're mm-hmm. going to the, you know, they're going to the pinstripe bowl and, and that's it. <laughs> but now all of a sudden, you know, you start thinking, well, maybe 25 to one, maybe, you know, you never know. It's a tournament. Whoever's getting hot at the right time. Cause that's the whole idea is, is to get hot at the right time. Purdue's obviously on the other end of that. Um, now my other question for you, uh, getting back to the UConn Marquette game, what does this do for Marquette? Sometimes you, you you win by losing and all the hype on Marquette deservedly so, but all of a sudden to sort of get like a serious reality check after going up against UConn, where does that leave uh, Marquette? I think long-term it's fine, you know, cause I believe everybody is going to get blasted by UConn. So it's not, it's not going to make much of a difference. I think going into the next game, I, I think it's hard getting yourself off the mat after getting beat like that. So um, I thought some interesting developments over the weekend. I think we could see the market struggle to properly rate Ohio State after that game against Purdue, right? How do you rate them now? The new coach steps in, they beat Purdue. It's like, who are they, right? So um, there could be some value in maybe playing against Ohio State and also playing against Marquette, right, after that. But, I mean, they – you know they had this game circled on the calendar. You know that they were up for this game. Like, this was everything to them. The win streak didn't matter. They wanted to have a good showing here, and they got smoked. And there's just an emotional toll that that takes. Sometimes you can't shake that off, you know, right in your next game. So, um, I wouldn't expect a bounce back here. I'd play against Marquette. I'd play against Ohio State. Um, You know, and I think that's pretty much how I would attack those two teams. 
Yeah, and Wisconsin, who was the fourth uh, seed in the East, according to the NCAA, after their selection committee. Now, this was all released before the games on Saturday. They go on and they lose as well. I, I don't know. When I looked at it, I thought Wisconsin being there was a little high, and maybe Wisconsin is showing us, a la Denny Green, who they really are. Yeah, yeah. So again, not not a lot of consistency out of Wisconsin, and that that's a team you just you have to keep your eye on, you know. But uh, it, it some of these teams are tough as we get down to it. I'll be interested to see, you know, how they perform in those conference tournaments. You know, when we get to there, we get to the conference tournaments, see how they play, and I think that'll give you kind of a little bit of an idea of of what they are. But yeah, Wisconsin definitely, um, you know, a little bit of a letdown this weekend. Yeah. Well, listen, we're just getting started with Mark Drumheller. I'm Jim Rodriguez. It's BetQL Daily here, presented by BetMGM. We've got PJ Glasser. He's going to join us at 11 o'clock. We're going to go over some golf. Uh, we're going to go over some more college hoops. PJ is always the man of that stuff. We're going to talk to Michael Leboff from the Big Lebowski immediately friend of the show with that kind of X handle. We're going to break down the NHL and of course, MLB dream will be breaking down all the free agents. Spring training starts this week. Mark, we're like two weeks away from opening day in Korea with the Dodgers and the Padres end of March, you know, is, 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 is ready to go two weeks till spring training starts with Dodgers and Padres. We're about a month away from opening day in Korea. It's going to be wild, but first, MLB free agents. We're 39 days to opening day. Scott Boris' clients are starving. Will they ever eat again? We'll get into that next <laughs> on Bet <laughs> on Bet MGM's BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Back at it here on President's Day. Hopefully you are getting to enjoy the day off. If not, of course, we're right here all day long on BetMGM's BetQL Daily. Of course, you can hit us up on X. You can hit us up on on our uh, Odyssey account on YouTube, as well as on Twitch. All right, so we are 39 days till opening day. Spring training actually starts. Spring training games actually start this week. Dodgers and Padres are going to play on Thursday. Dodgers and Padres, of course, are going to play in Korea. That's going to start the season. Two-game series there, kind of one of those you start the season – uh, you play two games in, in Korea, then they take a, about a week off, and then the, the season actually all kicks underway March 28th, which is the Thursday. And that is notable that at 39 days till opening day, there are some still pretty big names that have not yet signed. Now, it's not crazy that this has happened. We've seen contracts, big contracts, signed You know, even into spring training, late February and into March. But it is surprising, or maybe not so much, that the four big names that are out there, Blake Snell, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Jordan Montgomery, who helped pitch the Rangers to a World Series championship, uh, Cody Bellinger, who uh, had a surprising comeback season with the Cubs, and Matt Chapman, and really even J.D. Martinez, who had a resurgence with the Dodgers. All those guys are not signed, and all those guys are Scott Boris clients. Now, is that surprising? Is that maybe a message? You know, Blake Snell wants a bazillion dollars, and, you know, he's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. So we'll get into it later on with MLB Dream to figure out who's going to go where. But, but Mark, I mean, is, is it, are we going to have to start a GoFundMe for these guys? <laughs> it's it's crazy when you think about it that we're at this point of the season and you know such big names are still out there I, I don't know I mean I can understand it like hey you want to get you know maximize you know your money but it's just as a fan like like I want to see where these guys fit in what these looks like and it's better we're trying to develop you know power ratings we're trying to figure out you know the futures market at this point and so much uncertainty still I think it's kind of crazy yeah, I mean, Boris has told people that he's thinking $200 million for Blake Snell. So the question is, so where does a Blake Snell 
end up. Uh, you know, the Padres have been slashing payroll after last year's disastrous season where basically the, mm-hmm. the players ran the clubhouse and we saw the results of that. Uh, and as usual, the Giants are coming up as sort of, you know, it, it's almost like everybody flirts with the Giants in order to get their contract with somebody else. They, they have, you know, they Otani. Last year it was Judge. Now we're talking even the Angels. Now, the Angels, I don't think, is a bad fit, actually, for Blake Snell uh, because I think they'll be able to trade him, and the Angels figure that's a good way to sort of get rid of the Otani stink, you know, at least have another mm-hmm. high-priced guy. Where does, where does Blake Snell fit for you? I'm not sure. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. But, you know, you you brought up the Giants, and I think the Giants, you know, might make a little bit of sense. You know, the Angels, yes, are they going to, you know, would it help them that way? Sure. But does Blake Snell really want to go to the Angels? Like, is that what he wants to do? You know, I understand it's a money thing, but also I think these guys want to be in, you know, good situations, uh, good, you know, being on competitive teams. But I don't know if there's a fit. I think you kind of hang out like we saw the Orioles. You know, they took a blow to their their starting pitching. If, you know, a team suffers an injury early, like maybe you hop in there and that's the fit. You know, at this point in the season, like, you know, we're getting ready to get into spring training. You think you want to latch on and, and, you know, get in there and start getting your work in. But I don't know. I think it's tough. I mean, what are your thoughts as far as like where he could possibly land outside of San Francisco? Yeah, the the first the first thought, you know, I guess maybe this is a, the bit of the the old way of thinking. Your first thought is the Yankees, right? Well, yeah, the Yankees make all the sense in the world, but the Yankees, the, the even though the, the 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 last name on the check still says Steinbrenner, it's not George running that stuff. It's those kids, and those kids are are you know, and they do not spend like the old man duh, did. You know what I mean? So, and and they've mm-hmm. gone out. Not that you could say they've put the best rotation, but they. I think they're set. I think no room at the end is sort of the 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 line in the Bronx with, with Stroman Rodon, you know, and, and, and Garrett Cole, I, I think they're, I think they're good, you know, and, and Nestor Torre, you know, they're, they're, and Nestor, they're, they're good. So I don't know if Blake Snell signing that big contract with the Yankees makes sense. The giants makes all the sense in the world because they've actually got some money to spend and the giants need to sort of figure out they have been other than that 100 win season, when they lost to the Dodgers in the first round, the Giants have been irrelevant for for a better part of almost a decade. And they're starting to get the reputation as the team that you flirt with to get a contract with somebody else. So I think the Giants as an organization need to sign them. I actually think Blake Snow to the Angels makes a lot of sense, and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a deal there. The only thing is it's Boris, so... Boris is going to want to squeeze every nickel out of some people. <laughs> another guy that, that's that's interesting, and it's another Boris client. It's uh, Cody Bellinger. You know, he had a great year with the Cubs after just falling off the rails with the Dodgers, and once again, the Giants come up as a possibility of going there. They Giants just signed Jorge Soler, so where does Cody fit there as a DH, as an outfielder, as a first base? Well, yes, all those things could happen uh, over there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back with the Cubs again. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the best fit, especially if you look at like how things played out, right? You know, like he gets the Wrigley, he's obviously comfortable there, hit much much better than what was going on in Los Angeles. So does he want when you're a player like that, do you really want to move around again? Like like don't you so I almost 
I know that these guys aren't going to take a haircut here, but this might be a situation <laughs> of where, you know, Bellinger says, hey, you know what? If the money's close, like, just get me back to Chicago. Let me continue maybe a shorter deal, right, with an option to get out. So that way, if he puts together, strings together, you know, consecutive good seasons, you know, two or three, then maybe he can hit the market, you know, a little bit later. How they construct the deal, I think, will be big with Bellinger. But I feel like he has to find his way back to Chicago. Um, you know, Wrigley Field was just way too friendly to him for him to leave now. Yeah, we'll get into it uh, with MLB Dream, who has a great article and great columns uh, on his social media about where guys and actual odds of where guys are going to end up. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's coming up in the next hour. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is an interesting situation. Jordan Montgomery uh, was with the Yankees, ended up going to St. Louis, then ends up uh, going to Texas, and then all of a sudden finds himself in in, in Texas, helps them win a World Series, and he – is now a free agent. And once again, another Boris client, but this one's interesting because I don't know if he's going back to Texas. The Red Sox have been flirting with Jordan. And here's something that, you know, you hating to get into people's personal lives, but we're going to get into his personal life. His wife <laughs> is in med school and she is just starting a residency in Boston. And mm. to me, it makes all the sense in the world to play, to pitch for the Red Sox and they've got money to spend. I like it. I like it. I like the fit there with the Red Sox. You know, I also think, you know, we talked about the injuries with the Orioles rotation. Like, you know, I think that's a spot, but I think he's going to land back in that AL East. Um, it family matters to these guys. You know, if he can be right there with his wife, like it, it makes things nice and easy. Uh, like I said, especially if the money is comparable. I mean, me personally, I would want to do that, right? You know, you don't want to move these. That's the hardest part is I think a lot of times we look at these players just like their assets, right? And, you know, we see this a lot, like, when coaches get fired. We say, like, oh, well, you know what? He wasn't performing. The team stunk. Get him out of there, right? But I think a lot of people don't realize the human element behind it that goes into these decisions, right? You know, you have kids in school. You know, with, with him, you know, he has, a, you know, his young wife starting a residency. and Like, all these things matter to these guys. And it's not the – the bottom line is you want to get as much money as you can because you're not going to play forever. But it doesn't mean that these secondary factors won't have an impact. And I think we could see that here. I mean, I, I can see him fit with Boston. When you look at the AL East, there's a gap there, you know. like mm -hmm. Talent-wise, maybe not between, like, the Rays and Ball. Everyone expects, you know, the Rays to overperform because they always do. They get everything they can out of that lineup, out of that roster. But – we feel like Boston has to make a move if they want to be somewhat competitive. If not, they're going to be destined for the basement in the AL East. And I don't think anybody in Boston wants to see that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't care what kind of, you know, it, it's, I grew up a Dodger fan. I'm still a Dodger fan. So it was always mm -hmm. you, your, your, your goal every season is to win is to make the playoffs or finish higher than the giants. So I think that that's the goal in Boston <laughs> is your goal every year is to make the playoffs or finish higher than the Yankees. That, that, that That's the idea. Um, Another guy who's kind of fallen off the radar is Matt Chapman. Uh, you know, third play, play plays a position that's that is a big money position at third base. I don't know if that kind of money, that twenty million, twenty five million dollars a year, is out there anymore for Matt Chapman. And I don't know what his market is. I've read and I've heard that a team that needs a third baseman and has got a little money to spend are the Tigers. Now I don't know if that's where Matt Chapman wants to end up. 
Yeah, but you know what? Like, sometimes we talked about it a little bit before. Sometimes you have to make a move to set yourself up for a bigger payday later for that ideal situation, you know? And I think, you know, that is probably what Chapman's going to have to do. Like, this might not be the deal where he gets all the money and gets the landing spot that he wants. And, you know, you go to a Detroit team, you settle in, you have an impact, you know, you make them better. And then then you can command that money and then maybe there's a spot. But especially this late in the season, you know, like we're, like we're getting into spring training now, you know, options are going to be limited. People spent their money, you know, like so mm-hmm. you, you, there's only a certain amount of teams where you're going to fit. So if he has to go to Detroit, he's got to suck it up and go to Detroit, make the impact, get a smaller deal, get out of it, and then – you know, see what your options are later. But, uh, you know, you can't be you can't be too choosy at this point in the season or you're going to be on the outside looking in. Now, and the last Boris client, because they're calling it the Boris Four. We mentioned them. It was Snell, <laughs> Montgomery, Bellinger, Chapman, sort of four and a half. The other, the thumb in the, in the Boris fist here is J.D. Martinez. Great year with the Dodgers. There's no room there. They've got Otani at DH. They've got Freddie Freeman yeah. at first base. Uh, Angels seem to be a good fit to replace Otani in terms of just you need another DH. There's a good fit there. But, right? It just really wouldn't have to move. I know there was talks about the Diamondbacks. There was talk about even down here in South Florida with the Marlins. He could replace Jorge Soler. He'd be coming home again with JD. Um, I want to get into into the NL East, which is always seems to be such an absolute gauntlet. The Braves, class of that uh, outfit. Phillies right right behind them. And then it starts, the, the waters get muddy a little bit. Miami made the playoffs, kind of surprised some people. You know, where, 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 where are you seeing the NL East? And more importantly, where are your Phillies going to be? Yeah, I mean, probably second place, you know, in all honesty. The goal here, I think, in Philadelphia is was bring everybody back, work on things internally. The main focus is lock up Noah. Now we're working on Wheeler. We got to lock up Zach Wheeler for the future, and then you can kind of move forward. But they're pretty much running it back, right? You know, they're, they're pretty much bringing the team back. And I don't think that's a bad thing because, you know, as we saw last year with the Phillies, you don't have to win the NL East to – to win the world series right you, you just have mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs and once you get into the playoffs i think top to bottom regular season team i think the braves are a better team i, I think you know the did they have two cy young potential cy young winners in the rotation you know the lineup there's no holes you know up and down the lineup so and the team's young and then they're still getting better so we don't know what the ceiling is for this braves this team as good as they are but you get into the postseason that's where a team like philadelphia can really shine because you shorten the rotations. Depth isn't, you know, that big of a deal, you know, once you get in there. And I, I think if they can they can do that, they're fine. It's just get to the playoffs and then, you know, we'll go from there. I think the Phillies are a team that's better better suited as long as the bats don't get cold like they did last year against Arizona, you know, better suited to have success in the postseason um, than, it, than a team like Atlanta, right? So I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good. After that, I mean, who knows what the Mets are? I, I don't know what the Mets are. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Um, you know, you have Washington, very up-and-coming team. It would be interesting to see if they can make a little bit of a step. Does Miami drop back down? I think those are the things we're going to be looking at. But it, to me, it's a two-horse race. We have the Phillies. We have the Braves. And it's probably not going to get decided until the postseason. Yeah, very quiet offseason for the New York Metropolitans, which is that doesn't mm-hmm. usually uh, those words usually don't come out. Interesting to see, though, 
Right. Interesting to see, you know, if there if that playoff format gets fixed, because obviously, you know, being a Dodger fan, being a Braves fan, it's not an advantage to be one of the top two teams in the league because you get a week off, slows you down a little bit. So and and in baseball, we've we've seen that we've seen that basically home field is kind of irrelevant. It's whoever's playing the best was ever playing the, the most meaningful baseball into the playoffs. Those are the teams that get hot. See the Phillies, you know, two years ago that rode that all the way to the World Series. Much more to get to here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We're going to go off the board next. Stingrays and sharks having babies? Sure, these are modern times. Plus, why was Sauce shook in Vegas? We'll get into that next. With Mark Drumheller, I'm Jim Rodriguez. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe and Aaron are off as they are enjoying their post-Super Bowl vacation. So hopefully they are, each of them are in some sort of tropical surrounding with a, a cocktail and a little umbrella in, in it as well. But have no fear, we're holding it down for you with Mark Drumheller. I'm Jim Rodriguez here on a Monday, President's Day. Hope you're enjoying it. If you're off, if you're working, well, you know, let's let's see if we can make you some money. But first, a little fun times here on this Monday. It's already been a funky Monday. Uh, and, and Mark, well, as we go off the board, I wanted to, uh, there, there was an interesting article that I saw in Vegas. Obviously, Vegas is the land of illusion. Nothing's really real in Vegas. <laughs> Super Bowl was a big hit. Uh, it's definitely, it's got to be Mark in the rotation now to return as oh, yeah. a Super Bowl site. Some people are saying it should be there every year. I will say this. I don't know about you. I'm part of the, of the contingency that says the Super Bowl should be on a Saturday, especially if you're going to put that thing in Vegas. Well, what, what say you about the Super Bowl on a Saturday? I wouldn't mind it. I, and I'm more of a traditionalist, like, hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday or whatnot, but these Mondays get tough, man. Like, it's, it's just hard, and, and and it starts too late, you know, here on the East Coast. It's just, uh, to me, it's a little bit tough. Like, I like having, you know, a lot of the day to kind of build up towards it. You know, you build up the excitement and that sort of stuff. I don't need it to be like a, a 1 p.m. Eastern game, like a regular Sunday, but uh, it, it's a little tough. I mean, it gets a little bit late. I wouldn't mind it on a Saturday. I, I think that would be awesome. I I, I I'm I'm a fan of change that way. I could do that. In Vegas every year, not so much. I, I think there's too many good stadiums. You gotta move it around a little bit. I I wouldn't mind if they're gonna do it in the same place every year, I'd want it in the Rose Bowl. I think the Rose Bowl is the best yeah. atmosphere to play a football game. Like if you're gonna just put it in one place, it's gotta be the Rose Bowl. It can't be Vegas. But no, Vegas did a tremendous job. It's awesome. Next year, New Orleans, that's gonna be fun. Um, we have to try and get down there for that one. So, uh, you know, lots of good places. You got to mix it up a little bit, right? And now, yeah, Phillies fan, I'm, I'm... we had to go to Jacksonville to one year, so that wasn't great. <laughs> but we, we might not have to go back to Jacksonville. <laughs> you, and, and then the year you won it, it was in Minneapolis, right? In a blizzard. So so it's, yes, it's, like, yes. it's like, what's it happening was. here? I did not go to that one, though. I was at that stadium a couple years ago, though. That was a, People were good for the most part. It was real nice. We went in early October. The Eagles played out there. And I remember we got there 
and we're like, wow, it's snowing. It was like first week of October. It was like week five or something. It was already snowing in Minnesota. We went to the bar across the street watching the college football games. It was like Wisconsin fans, Minnesota fans, Golden Gophers, all those guys packed in there. So there was a nice little, uh, you know, rivalry going on there. But it was fun. A bunch of different groups in the same area. We had a great time. I mean, the people, for the most part, were very nice, very hospitable. The stadium was beautiful. We got down on the stadium. It was a lot of fun. Minnesota was good. But for the Super Bowl, my buddy went. He loved it. Obviously, they won. But I would have rather been at the Rose Bowl. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> no, I'll I, I tell you what. LA's back in the rotation because it's New Orleans next year. Then it's uh, Santa Clara, the home of the 49ers, for 60. And then LA, uh, SoFi, is at 61. So we'll see. Okay. Then I think it's going to come down here where I'm at. That's either probably going to be Miami or Tampa. For 62 mm-hmm. and then probably get hit back over to Vegas. Listen, to me, New Orleans has always been the OG of Super Bowls. I've, I've done two Super Bowls in New Orleans. They tell me I enjoyed myself. So I, I will, I will, I will go, <laughs> I will go with that. But speaking of Vegas, so Sauce Gardner of the Jets, he's in Vegas uh, at a magic show. We, we, we're, we're, we're speculating it was probably like a Chris Angel show. And if, and if you go to his ex account, he's basically saying, so yeah, so I'm holding something in my hand. I'm holding a deck of cards. And the next thing you know, I, I, I stop and I look and now I'm holding a glass and he was blown away by it. I, I love it when magicians and athletes get together because I think athletes are so, I think they're, they're so two dimensional. Even though they do mm-hmm. three-dimensional things, I think they're very two-dimensional. As I run the play, I score the touchdown, and yet when somebody blows their mind, it's great. I mean, we saw uh, during Hard Knocks, you know, with the Jets, uh, the magician who came in there. Uh, we, my favorite one is is Harrison Ford uh, when David Blaine did a little magic trick, and Harrison Ford in his best, you know, character voice. Get the f out of my house! You know what I mean. I love it. Are you a magic guy? I mean, do you like it? Is it? Something I am. I do, but I just don't. I don't have time to pay enough attention to it as I'd like to. But I love magic shows. Um, I, I think it's fascinating. Like even like now with like you know social media, like you can find out how they do the tricks. You know, you, you have little children. You know, little kids. Your kids are young. You can do do them for them, you know, and they, they think it's like incredible, like, you know, simple card tricks and things of that nature. So I like that stuff. I think it's cool. The David Blaine stuff. The hardest part is, is I feel like these magicians, when they get to that level, they just have to like keep moving the bar up and up. And they are doing like crazy stuff. Like it gets, there's definitely a limit to it. And then it gets out of hand, you know, but um, magic's awesome, man. I mean, who doesn't like magic? What kind of person doesn't like magic? They probably bet the, the under last night. The <laughs> they bet the under and they bet the de- and they play the don't on craps. That's the guy that doesn't yeah. like magic. That's the under and bets the don't on craps. That just you're sitting at the table. You got a hot table in Vegas, and some guy. Oh, I'm going to pay you the don't. Get out of here with that. <laughs> All right. Speaking of nonsense, and speaking of magic, and maybe it's an illusion as well. There are strange things afoot at the zoo. In Charlotte, I'm not a big zoo fan. I always think it's like an animal jail. But anyway, zoo. There's a zoo. There's a stingray in a zoo. A female stingray who has not been around any male stingrays and is pregnant. Lo and behold, now she's been in a uh-huh. tank with sharks, with male sharks, and she had some bite marks. This female stingray, which is the sign of of how sharks mate, they nibble, I guess. Um, 
I hope they have a safe word if they're going to be biting and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> the point is, this, Mark, the doc, the 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 doctors and the scientists are saying it's impossible for a shark and a stingray to mate because their parts don't jive. I mate. guess yeah. their, their parts don't mate. Uh, they don't they right. don't connect, if you will. Um, <laughs> but how is this lady stingray pregnant? They're saying it's like an immaculate conception. She's asexual no pregnancy. Listen, listen, don't. There's a way, fellas. Don't get any ideas dropping that on your girlfriend or or. No, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I wasn't even in the room. Uh, they're gonna find a way. They're gonna find a way. They're gonna make it work. I mean, that, that's the way I see it. There's no immaculate conception. Like they figured it out. Animals are smart. They're probably smarter than humans in a lot of ways. You know, <laughs> so they're gonna figure you leave them alone. Like, go to any, you know college campus out there even the pros they're gonna break curfew they're gonna find a way to make it happen right that's what you see all the time so i'm not surprised at all given enough time there they're gonna they're gonna find a way to make it work and to me that's that that's the key there it, it might take a little time might have to get a little bit creative but you're gonna get to the goal at the end i i just hope we don't have any lady stingrays with the nba all-star game being done so all of a sudden magically now we're going to have lots of lady stingrays come out of Indianapolis after all-star weekend, but that's neither here nor there. Listen, you're a big baseball guy. I'm a big baseball guy. Jake Hassan's a big baseball guy. And I'd love to get Jake's take on this as well. Um, these uniforms, obviously Nike and fanatics have joined and they're creating the uniforms this year. And by God, they're awful. They, they, they look are, like are, something they? you get, like on a back alley somewhere, right? I mean, are, are yep. you have, have you seen these things? Like as a Dodger fan, the the first thing I notice is that they look smaller. They look like they're a size too small on these guys, and like the red number for the Dodgers is is smaller. That their names are smaller. Uh, I I can see Scott Boris getting mad, saying, "What? Why is my guy's name smaller? They, what's up with the cheap uniforms?" This is where I am a traditionalist, and I don't like change. Like, I like uniforms. I like, yeah, white home uniform, gray road uniform, very basic. You want to throw in an alternate there? Okay, we can do that, right? But I I don't like that there's 17,000 uniforms out there. And these ones for the Phillies, I don't know if you saw them, Jim. They're terrible. They look like a Gatorade bottle. Like, it's, like, blue, and it's got yellow and lightning, like, we're red, white, and blue. Like, this is Philadelphia. Brotherly love. Liberty, right? Like, there's no yellow and blue. Like, it just, it looks awful. But if you look at these uniforms, there's a hundred shades of blue, and it's, the the letters are kind of like a lightning bolt. That has nothing to do with us. Like, it has nothing to do with Philadelphia. And they put a little Liberty Bell on the side. Like, we're going to get that in there, right? You know, we, we had to get that in there. But it looks, uh, you turn on the TV, you're like, who are these guys? Yeah, that's not what you want. You want brand recognition. You want to be able to flip the channel, know who's playing, right? You know, by looking at the teams. But to me, it just, it ruins their identity. It kind of like wrongly associates their identity. Like, I don't I don't like it at all. I think I'm a very classic uniform guy. You can, Like I said, you can throw in the throwback. That's a lot of fun. Love that the Phillies bring back the Powder Blues. One of my favorite jerseys, right? Doesn't that have to be home white, you know, gray road. You know, I, I I understand that. I can do that. But these uniforms, it's like a bad all-star game. Like, it's like, you know, it's just, it, they're just brutal. 
Yeah, and the, the 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 numbers and the patches, they're not sewn on. They're sort of heat pressed. It looks like you, know, you, you get a bad, you get a tough rainy night in Pittsburgh and you feel, you feel like one of those numbers is just going to, it's just going to fall off all of just a sudden right two off, and yeah. half, of, half of three over there. The one thing I will, I will draw a line in the sand, Mark, and you know, I want to get your opinions, especially just after the all-star game just ended. I hate that there is an all-star game uniform and baseball does this too. I hate it. I want every player to wear their team's uniform. I know why they do it. They want to sell jerseys, but I'm not buying a National League jersey. I'm not buying a Western Conference All-Star jersey. I'm buying the team jersey. Can we go back, Mark, please, to teams wearing their own jerseys at All-Star games? Yeah, I think that would be good. Now, the NFL was a little different. Like, when I was younger, they used to have, like, the actual jersey. Before they changed it every year, it was like the NFC would be blue. And the AFC would be white with red numbers. But that was consistent, but they had the helmets. They could wear their own helmets so you could identify quickly what team they're from. And I think that's important. You know, I'm to me, I would like something like that. How you do that in basketball, I don't know because, you know, it, it, they don't have helmets. So it's a little bit different. But I definitely sign off on them just wearing their regular uniform on there. We don't have to have all-star. Who buys these jerseys anyway? Like, you know anyone that has a, an all-star Nobody. jersey in their closet? Nobody would wear that. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, I, I get wearing, you know, a home run derby or something. Sure. But put on your own jerseys. Let's take a break. Uh, All-Star weekend is over. So let's get back to business. We break down the central division of the NBA. Can Doc and the Bucks right the ship? It's Beck QL Daily presented by Ben MG. 